Okay, so can can I just say that there is this uh, quote from the Old Testament that I had put in the notes. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily a prayer, That's but okay. it, it is like scripture. the Old Testament God. It's scripture. Okay, so God said to Moses, but any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. Amen. I hope I'm still alive tomorrow. Hey God lovers, God lover Kyle here, and today I'm with a special guest, Randon Rosenbaum of Good Horoscope. She's an astrologer and just a generally cool person, a God lover, um, someone who's been following I Need God for a long time and I think uh, aligns really well with the, you know, the vibe of I Need God in a way that most people don't. Yeah, um, I've had people ask me if I'm I Need God yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not me. That's like a couple of people, but I'm not one of them. Yeah, I mean, you basically <laughs> are in my mind. <laughs> um, oh, or at least like, you know, there's an affinity for sure. I just kind of wanted to do an episode about astrology and God because there's people who comment on posts sometimes. Like sometimes we'll make, you know, kind of like anti-astrology posts, like kind of like a joke or just make regular astrology posts. And people are always commenting like, you can't believe in God and practice astrology or, you know, like they're shocked when like I bring up astrology in an interview with somebody and like someone's always yeah. commenting about it. But it's like, um, to me, they're not, you know, like they're totally, it's totally compatible. Fine. <laughs> yeah, um, they're definitely compatible. Um, I think talking about God is extremely, it can be taboo and talking about religion can be taboo. And so of course people, it's going to, bring up a lot of emotions from people um true but i think astrology and religion are totally compatible um they they have been for a really long time i mean of course most religions most abramic religions are against like prophesizing false prophets or um Mm -hmm. prognostication even Mm -hmm. so like making predictions is not necessarily um but like it's also not it's not written anywhere except for um what's it called and uh in the catechism which is really new like the catechism came out in the 90s the official catechism of the catholic church i'm pretty sure i let's fact check it but um i've been kind of this is a topic that i'm so interested in i could talk about forever so thanks so much for having me oh yes i'm ready to go yes let's go (laughs) i mean let's start here then okay so um Banu was on the astrology podcast. Banu Guler, I think is how you pronounce their last name, who made CoStar, um, mentioned that in Islam, prognostication is haram, right? Mm. Like, it's not allowed. Right. Um, I'm kind of starting to go in that direction where I'm more interested in, like, astrology is describing natural things and things related to nature. So I think it was St. Thomas Aquinas who... (laughs) Who said like maybe astrology deals more with like nature and animals and mm-hmm. 
concerning the natural world. Yeah, concerning the natural world. And um, so mundane astrology is interesting, even though it is political and Mm -hmm. it is related to, to like, crowds of people. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, when dealing with, like, the condition of, like, the soul and Mm -hmm. the personal, it gets, like, a little tricky. Although I find evolutionary astrology, which is the astrology of your soul and Mm -hmm. the evolution of the soul, to be interesting too yeah Yeah. really insightful um yeah i mean it just depends depends on your religion yeah i was thinking like you know i mean i'm was raised in the west roman catholic so i mean i'm interested in the idea that maybe yeah my soul is on a trajectory and the past and the future extend beyond my current life and that Mm -hmm. there is something that maybe astrology could point to to give us ideas about our path, our soul path, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it is a very like Eastern idea. It's not necessarily yeah. uh, well, one that you know I could claim. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, astrology's man-made, right? Like, astrology is something that we humans created to kind of contain nature and to make nature smooth and logical when nature is actually it doesn't make it's chaotic you look at the night sky it's chaotic there's just stars everywhere it doesn't look like a neat little geometric pattern it's chaos and it's the natural world is scary and so astrology is kind of a way to like cope with it yeah like i'm in my notes i put like astrology helps me to make sense of a world that appears truly nonsensical Mm -hmm. and i kind of use it as a framework for teasing out an idea of what's going on (laughs) yeah um yeah and um i really see it as the performative power of language actually um how language creates what we see how we experience things and like it's a nice it's a language an alternative language almost to understand time understand um life (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a language it's translation of natural things that we can see it's a translation and Mm. while there is a system in place that most astrologers can say the same thing in like different ways Mm -hmm. um it's it's still man-made and it's still an interpretation and um people love to ask the question do you believe in astrology but astrology is like a tool it's a practice it's something that you do i don't necessarily Mm -hmm. believe in astrology i practice astrology i experience astrology i kind of learn and study astrology but I believe in God Mm -hmm. and I believe that God has a plan and Mm -hmm. I believe in fate. And so this is so compatible with astrology since astrology is able to reflect our fate or Mm. reflect God's plan. But I'm just a person. I'm not able to tell you about like life's miracles because I can't see everything. Mm -mm. So all I can kind of do is speculate Mm -hmm. and, um, stay humble because yeah yeah (laughs) i don't want to it's not like i was thinking that because i do astrology too and so like it's not magic necessarily it's not uh like people could get so overwhelmed with information you're telling them sometimes when you're doing Mm -hmm. a consultation and they may take it as like you have a power or something where it's kind of like no the the power is actually in the person understanding through astrology on the it's the magic happens like in between like it's no person really it's 
that's how I kind of try to explain it anyway. Yeah, it's like bringing someone the gift of maybe awareness of their soul in a way. But I, I'm sounding so hippy dippy right now. But <laughs> I know, like I think. I took this astrology consulting skills course Mm. from some European astrologers a few years ago, and basically they told me that the purpose of a consultation is to kind of guide someone through Mm -hmm. their chart and through their life and to listen to them and use what they're saying to to move them through through their own consciousness almost so um yeah there's a priestly aspect to it for sure (laughs) um i find in myself i have like kind of priestly tendencies um and i think astrology is just a nice practical to me safe way to sort of use that skill of intuition and observation and uh that I seem to naturally have somehow. Um, yeah, I feel like in another life we would be, um, like, of the clergy. Definitely. Like we would be of the cloth. I would, you know? 100%. Um, I definitely, if it was, if the circumstances were right and I was in the right time, yeah. Did um, you get confirmed, Kyle? Mm-hmm, I'm a confirmed Catholic. What's your confirmation name, please? Um, James, because my grandfather's name. Love that. I'm um, on my way to getting confirmed, actually. Right. So I was... I read the notes you sent me. Basically, mm-hmm. so you were raised Catholic, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't think twice about it. You know, yeah. it's not like I'm necessarily converting, but mm-hmm. I did, um, when I was 14, um, not want to be confirmed for political reasons. Right. Um because yeah. my mm. my religion teacher didn't have like, she didn't have the answers that I wanted. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to when you're such a spiritual person and someone so attuned to God, and then the people who are advising you or who are supposed to mentor you into the faith don't even have as much of a grip on it, or like can't no. show it to you in a way that's like true to you. Then what are you gonna do? Um, it was really sad actually looking back on it. Um, but it was a different time, you know, mm-hmm. it was a totally different time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this religion teacher. Okay. So I'm from new Orleans, which is where Catholicism entered the United States. It's okay. where the oldest cathedral in the, in North America is, I mean, like new Orleans is, it's older than the United States. Like, uh, so, mm. so it's a Catholic city and Louisiana is like a Catholic state. Instead of having counties, they have parishes. Oh, um, wow. there was like political beef between New Orleans and New England or Louisiana and New England because of the Anglican church and the Catholic church. And there was like, I think a lot of tension mm. I'm realizing between the two. Like um, during the founding of America. Yeah. <laughs> actually. It, it, it was at a Spanish port. Yeah, it was okay. French and Spanish, and then they got into a war and yeah, something Ugh. something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so I was raised Catholic, and then I I always like just, just fully loved God. Like uh-huh. been a lo- God lover since birth. Like you just never knew something knew. bigger was happening. Oh yeah, I was yeah. so into it. I was yeah. like. <laughs> really like prayed all the time talked to god all the time Ugh. um as a child um mm-hmm. but then 
And then around yeah, 14. Like yes, and then around of, 14, the sort of rebellion happened. I feel like... But only whenever I was being, like, told, like, okay, mm, now you're confirming, and now... You just do the do you motions. Have any questions? Yeah, yeah, do you have any questions about uh, faith? And then I think I was learning about sexuality as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is also in the church right now in Germany, um, like, sexuality and, like, modern sexuality is a place of um, schism. Or yeah. not necessarily schism, but, like, I'm um, questioning within the Catholic Church right now. Um, mm-hmm. There are There's this thing called the synodalavig, the synodic way or path. Okay. Um, that is um, like a congregation, not congregation, a coalition of like bishops and priests and people who are trying to reform the Catholic mm. Church in a way, um, just on the basis of like gender and sexuality, which um, it's extremely modern. Yes. And um, contentious. And, yeah. But it's really interesting um, yeah. that these questions are coming up and that. For sure. I think a lot of God lovers who follow I Need God are queer people or people with different sexual orientations or identities, like modern ones, who Mm -hmm. have, you know, issues with belonging in the church, but still want to maintain some kind of relationship or have an undeniable kind of cultural or historical just hook in it that can't really be unhooked so there's a little bit of a grappling i noticed especially yeah i mean that's that's why i never got confirmed when i was like 14 my teacher said um that gay people this is mind you this was in like 2007 or whenever i was 14 it was like they were like um um, pre-marriage equality pre-gay marriage equality um my teacher was like gay people go to hell automatically i was like huh automatically um, like just just straight you know like no purgatory i don't even know i, mean, <laughs> but I was like absolutely not yeah i was so mad i was so mad i was like you can't be serious like this is not what jesus would want absolutely like you are so wrong this woman is so just out of her mind Mm. And so then, an out of rebellion, I was atheist and kind of, the, but but okay, even when I was atheist, atheism. even yeah, teen atheism. I yeah, mean, it was, it was like, the whole the rage Neptune then. and Aquarius. Yeah, Neptune and Aquarius. Everyone was an atheist. Neptune and Pisces. Everyone loves astrology because you can't deny like a pull to like your psyche's need for religion, and that's why people mm. freaking love astrology because they're like, oh yeah, like I'm connecting to something greater than myself. But really, I don't think they realize that it is God. It's God. It's God. I think that's um, maybe a reason people who are extra religious or God loving in a faith have a little bit of disgust when they encounter astrology is because so many people do use it as to fill their spiritual void and Mm -hmm. like especially yeah over the last 10 years as astrology has become more popular neptune has been in pisces Mm -hmm. people who don't really have any particularly um like strong connection to faith have found that astrology really soothes that certain yeah the psyche and has a purpose and you know there are way worse things to like to 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 worship or Amen. I, mean, I mean i don't think people necessarily worship astrology i do think that people are really amazed by it and interested in it mm-hmm. and um i think people also have a lot of religious trauma which is why i often feel um kind of shy when i'm talking about religion because i right I don't want to make trigger somebody feel like i'm you know 
I think a certain way about them. Yeah. Yeah. Religion. And I mean, obviously God and religion, they're, they're topics, like you said, are kind of more taboo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast to begin with is just to be like, we could talk about this kind of, and like, it doesn't have to be offensive or being like an attack on somebody else's beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's a safe space to talk about God, which is so cool. My priest was saying like, religion is something that is usually private like you don't like talk about it at work it is you know um but also i'm finding more kind of confidence and just saying what i believe in and then not knowing that i'm not trying to attack anyone like i I don't want to hurt anyone with what i believe in at all it's the opposite it's the total opposite like that's nice but i'm uh yeah but i i do I believe? Yeah, I guess I, I believe in God. And... You believe in the usefulness of astrology. Yes, I do think astrology is kind of a reflection of like... Of life. Of life and like a, some sort of like miraculous nature of life. Yeah, in a beautiful way, I would say. It's a, it's yeah. a calendar. It's a timekeeping system. It's a natural timekeeping system. Um, it's a way to experience identity outside of you know, the confines of, like, identity politics, I guess, and mm. giving you a way mm. to see yourself that goes beyond, like, ethnicity or sexuality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, like, one of the first things I ever wrote about astrology in, like, 2016, whenever I first started studying astrology, I published something with Charlotte Shane's Press, Tiger Bee Press, nice. Libra, and it was, like, all these Libra writers writing about being a Libra and I think the point I was trying to get across of it is this kind of like a queer idea of identity where we are so not just our sun sign like there are all these different everyone is there's as many identities as there are people in astrology Mm -hmm. kind of right yeah, I mean, every soul is precious, too, and every chart is kind of, like, a reflection of that, of, like, how precious each yeah each person is and each moment is. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty nice. Astrology is pretty nice, but um, I do think it is often used for evil. Like, I think, um, so astrology is a tool, kind of like how meditation and things are tools, and... Um, so, you know, like KFC or like the United States military or these um, big corporations that don't pay people living wages will use meditation mm-hmm. as a way to like make people calm and complicit yeah. without teaching other aspects of like Buddhism uh, and like Buddhist morality and beliefs and charity and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just so just meditation, like completely detached from the religion that it comes from, right. and it's like an appropriation of this practice in a way that has no morality attached to it. So I think astrology mm-hmm. is something that has no morality attached to it. Right, it's a it tool. How many tool is? Yeah, it could be really dangerous and use... hurtful. Right. It's up to people how they use tools. Any tool could be used for harm, right? Or for mm-hmm. mo- for purposes that are, aren't are morally good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. astrology is just one of them. There's a lot of that. 
toxic astrology. Yeah. <laughs> toxic astrology is such a thing. And and so whenever I meet people who are like, I don't like astrology, I'm like, okay, good on you. Like, I mean, yeah. I can I'm... see why you wouldn't like it if you're not like into it and studying it and have like a genuine interest in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not for everybody. Not everyone wants to no. use it and they don't have to. No. Um, although it can be for some it's life changing. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, um, when did you get into astrology? Because I feel like whenever I met you, you knew way more about astrology than I did. And you were like mm. really deep into it. Cause you were talking about like patterns in the chart, like mm. yods and kites. I think this is when we saw a wrinkle in time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. We saw a wrinkle in time in the <laughs> AMC on 19th street. Yeah, this was at Chipotle. You were we went to about... Chipotle before, and you actually something that's really stuck with me from that meeting was you mentioned this like book which talked about how our phone, how our feeds are like a rosary, what? how you're touch you're touching the pictures as you're scrolling, and it's like praying. And I was like, I've always been like, I wanted that book. <laughs> I wish I knew what book that was. I mean, yeah. I could believe I said something like that. Yeah, like you mentioned that, and that really always stuck with me because um, something about I need God, I guess, is there's this, you know, kind of blurriness about how we use our phones and like the rituals of our phones and how it becomes a sort of inhabits our insides in a way that like a spiritual practice would. Yeah. Um, it's like by running a meme page about God is kind of meta almost because it's like kind of points out that this like spirituality is everywhere and maybe especially in our phones. I'm not sure. You told me something. I think the last time I saw you when I was in New York, you mentioned that like phones are almost like crystals and the things oh. that are inside of them. Are yeah. Like, they resonate have, like, at frequencies. Yeah, you need to like yeah cleanse your phone and like delete stuff from it so oh my god can... i know i i i still kind of believe that i don't really practice this but mm-hmm. apparently you know the data you have stored in your phone is there you know kind mm-hmm. of actually and so if you're carrying that with you all the time it's kind of like the spirit of that data is just in your aura because you're keeping your phone so close to your body so the, it, it, take, it actually occupies actual mental space, even though you feel like you're externalizing it onto like something external, like a phone or a hard drive. There's something yeah, like every it's time still I pr- see something cursed, I just immediately delete it. That's a good idea. <laughs> I need to like get a little bit more clean with my digital practice. I feel yeah. like it does kind of affect me, but um. Going back to your question about when I started learning astrology. Yeah. Even though I'm a few years older than you, I feel like you're advanced, like more advanced than a normal person your age from your whole life, especially as a younger teen. And I was kind of just, I feel like at the same place, but it could have just been Neptune being in Aquarius, right? Just everyone kind of had that. But I feel like early 2013, maybe 2012 or 2011 is when I started, I went to grad school for performance oh. studies and I met friends what? there um Lyle do you know Lyle yes she's beautiful yeah so I met her and her friend Julie and Julie was a, is a Pisces and really into interested in into astrology even before like maybe five years prior to that so she really had a really good understanding of it in a way that made me really open to it 
And mm-hmm. um, I started just like reading about it from there. I followed a bunch of tumblers that would like Astrolachary, obviously. Oh my god, I was about to say Astrolachary. <laughs> yeah, like she really there. was. Um, she probably still she? there. She's a mom, I know. I follow her on Facebook too because she kind of moved to Facebook. Right. Yeah, but um, Facebook's so underrated. Can we all go back? Because I, mean, I, it's, it's like pretty the only good social media for groups. I, I find. Yeah. Um, oh, I can read Facebook groups all day. So Astrology, just I just follow her, and she gets in the feed on Facebook. I don't really read my Facebook anymore, honestly. So, um, so I just so. started learning it from there. I found like I was really good at it. Actually, I had an affinity for it, and uh, I was good at doing it. Like it felt really remarkable, and just like also learning about myself and giving terms to parts of myself was really useful at the time in my early 20s. Yeah. Because it was yeah. kind of like a shorthand for my tendencies, my patterns. Yeah, I mean, it could be like this sort of navel-gazing yeah. that we do with astrology where, where we're like, oh, this is so me. This is yeah. me. I'm like this. Yes, Self-discovery I... is a really important yeah. part of growing up. So I think like yeah, maybe sure. young people are attracted to it just because it, like I kind of said before, it gives you terms for self-understanding that go beyond, like, what commercials want us to think about ourselves, basically. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, my moon is Virgo in the 10th house. It's, like, trine Pluto or sextile Pluto and, um, you know, makes me just feel more comfortable with myself. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Just knowing these things. Yeah, feeling like I have self-knowledge. I I don't know. I've been, like, looking at my chart for years, and sometimes I'll find something that I didn't see before that is actually so significant that Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, am I really even an astrologer if I didn't notice that before? (laughs) No, I mean, different (laughs) things reveal themselves in different times, right? So given the, like, way you see the world... Uh, it's always going to change how you see your charts because it's kind of an interpretive... I would call astrology an interpretive practice. Yeah. Um, it's really about the point of view of the interpreter, honestly. And yeah. similar similar to how, like, in I guess in Christianity or in a religion, like, you interpret a text and then someone's like, has the authority to, you know, tell their interpretation to you, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's it's like the, okay, so, you know, Jupiter, Jupiter's this planet uh, that represents like the higher religious realm, the spiritual realm, beliefs, priests and churches through Jupiter. Mm. And Mercury is this planet of interpretation, translation, writing and communication and these things. Mm-hmm. And in this sort of ideal astrology chart um jupiter is at home in pisces um and mercury is at home in virgo the opposite sign they exist in opposition diametrically opposed to each other right sure but gemini and sagittarius too yes sagittarius jupiter is also at home in sagittarius and then Mercury is at home in Gemini, the opposite sign. So Jupiter and Mercury exist in opposition. There's oh. always a tension between these two. Jupiter is the mysterious aspect of things that are holy. Like mm. these mysterious, very lofty, very overarching, protective kind of... Jupiter is ginormous, right? And then Mercury is just our kind of attempts to 
put these mm-hmm. things that can't possibly put into words into words. So there are mm-hmm. so many aspects of different religion spiritualities where like, no, like you actually d- can't say the name of God. Like God isn't mm-hmm. God's name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. Yes. Whenever people like blur out the O and God, I'm like, <laughs> God isn't even God's name. Anyway. Yeah. I know, but some <laughs> Jewish people who contact some, I've gotten people reach out being like, who are Jewish and believe that the word God is a true translation of the actual word for God. Oh, and it might they be. want, they are like, can you please like make a version of your shirt where you censor God for me? And I've done that. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa, that's so cool. But I think it really depends on what the person thinks. Like, like you said, it really yeah. isn't. The, the word is like Y W. It, uh, yeah. It's just like four. Yeah. You can't even pronounce mm-hmm. it, right? <laughs> no, it's it's unreachable. It's unattainable. It's like you have faith in things that you can't see. That's like what faith is, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to that's like Jupiterian. It's like faith and hope, and, mm. and we have hope in in these things. Um, right. We can't see them, but we really feel like they're there. Right. And then whenever, like, you can't totally explain it either. And you that's can't point, explain everything. Of. That's the point. Yeah. So that's why Mercury and Jupiter, they're in two opposite. They're always in opposition to each other in, in the astrology mm. chart. I mean, of course, sometimes there's a Mercury-Jupiter conjunction in the sky or whatever. But, like, the... In, in essence, the Mundi, they're opposed. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Zodiac, in essence, right. they're opposed and are sort of, like geometric perception or or, or creation right. the way that we created the zodiac these two things right. are in opposition to each other so like so there's they work together and they yeah. have a relationship yeah basically yeah, yeah. like the scribe <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah one you can you could write about it but you can mm-hmm. never fully that's all it is is writing about put it, it into writing yeah, right it's not the thing itself although of course like we can we can worship like uh, sacred things, which I mean, part of what I'm trying to make in with my art practice that is kind of mm-hmm. secret is like um, I'm really interested in iconography and this sort of uh, um, devotional images and like pictures of saints and things that are used for prayer as a vehicle mm-hmm. for prayer and meditation. And while they are not being worshipped they're just the the sort of mercury to the Conduits. jupiter they're the way that we reach you know the higher power the way that we reach the sort of prayer state and and meditative state they're still treated in with respect and, and really revered and you know i went to the vatican over the summer and wow. at saint peter's basilica right there was um there's this statue of saint peter and his feet are all worn away because everyone who goes there like touches and kisses St. Peter's feet. Ah. And it's like a really <laughs> old statue because mm-hmm. it's everybody who goes there. You're supposed to touch the feet. They stopped allowing it during COVID. Oh my God. Um, but I'm going to go back, I think for a Jubilee. I think, nice. I think 2024 or 2025 is a Jubilee year. And I wanna... Is a Jubilee year like an anniversary year? It's, um, it used to be like every hundred years or something. Oh, it's like when they relieve everyone's gate. debt. Yeah. You like walk through this gate at the Vatican and then you have like, it's like 
plenary indulgences or some something where you're like forgiven and if you were killed like right there you'd be like in a state of grace and you would go straight to heaven basically oh wow like you would be in a state of grace if you did that so i got plenary indulgences when i went to the vatican this summer and then it lasted like i was in a state of grace for maybe like a week it was so cool i felt oh my god i need to go (laughs) felt really good for like a week and then i send and i was like well So, so you do practice Catholicism and you're considering becoming, oh my God, confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. And I mean, so you're part of a parish right now in Berlin? Finding the church in Berlin is so, it was really tricky. Um, Berlin is, Germany's really Protestant and I'm super interested in learning more about Protestantism because I'm from mm-hmm. like a really Catholic place. It's actually never been something that's appealed to me whatsoever. Like, I've never been like, oh, let me learn about this. And maybe Uh in, like, a history class, they mentioned it. And I was like, that makes sense. But then aesthetically and emotionally, I'm just like, no. Like, the churches are ugly. No offense. It just doesn't speak to me. It doesn't me either. I wasn't raised that way. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't raised like that. Yeah. Germany's a really Protestant place. Yeah. And and Germany's, well, Northern Germany's Protestant, excuse me, Northern Germany's Protestant, Southern Germany's more Catholic. Okay. Um, I live kind of in Berlin, so it's like North Germany, but Berlin itself is probably the most atheist city right. in, um, in Germany. So it has like the least amount of holy days of obligation for that are federal holidays so Mm. um what was i gonna say finding a church here was pretty difficult i found i've gone to a couple different ones um but before that i i was like in new york and i would go to saint patrick's cathedral just because it was gorgeous like if i'm gonna go to a church it should be gorgeous and so going to church in germany is so hard because they're all like Mm. especially in berlin like all of the architecture is like kind of relatively new because of reconstruction right like the city's been like bombed out excuse me and like a lot of buildings were destroyed in wars and Soviet, um, so a lot of the, uh, Berlin yeah. Wall, just some things that come to my and mind. It's just Protestant. A lot of the churches are just really plain, and at least the ones that have English like, services are really plain. I'm going there, yeah. like okay, I'm it's not a inspired. Style. This isn't, yeah, it's a different but I'll style. Still go. It's a different yeah, no, style. I'll I go. Just don't. I'll yeah, close I'd my re- eyes. I. I'm attracted to more gar- the more garish, the more yeah. decorated, the more oh, yeah. uh, visual thing. Of I, yeah. Although I understand, I kind of understand the more plain aesthetic being able to lead hmm. you beyond, you know, the earthly yeah. things in a way. Yeah, minimalism, right? Like you're about to turn inside and go go to the cathedral in your heart. Don't, you know, yeah. don't worry about but, like the diamonds and gold that the Vatican, like, yeah, but you can't underestimate, like you were saying, the power of the icon, and there's also mm-hmm. a way to be led to the spiritual through the material, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. But I, there is, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I think uh, the spiritual and material are, are often seen, seen as opposed, but yeah, they can be one and the same, and I think that, that worship can be a visual thing um mm-hmm. through, I mean, through iconography through art like we see and, this often and yeah and across it's the undeniable board. so <laughs> so i was always like kind of like 
stuck my nose up at Protestantism because their whole thing was that they wanted the churches to look plain. And I'm like, why would you do that? But um, they would do that because it was standing up to power and like the, yeah. the or whatever. Like the wealth. Like a, yeah. Yeah, of course. Which when I learned about it, I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, it makes sense. And but I guess it's all that. part of I would God's like to learn plan. more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like for the better, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, with the other denominations and other faiths, like, I think there are so many different paths to enlightenment or there are mm-hmm. many different ways to access a higher power and they're all valid and they're all relative to your, uh, like... Yes you and what you believe and how you were raised and where you're from like there are really many different ways and um, I found mine and like I'm happy to have mine if you kind of think you know human life is sacred and uh life itself is sacred obviously then um when beings express their spirituality um it's valid right (laughs) yeah yeah, sure. it doesn't matter the way. Um, it's like through the sanctity of life, uh, it's kind of validated. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when I was at my most, I think, innocent and like spiritual as a child, mm-hmm. I, of course, knew other religions existed. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, like all the gods are just up there having a party, hanging out. <laughs> I was being so serious, but now that I realize, I'm just like, oh, we're all talking about the same thing. Everyone's Mm -hmm. pretty much talking about the same exact thing, but we Mm -hmm. all have our um, different, like, mercurial language, our own different interpretation of it. And because of this, like, there's just, like, this, like, separation that occurs and Mm. blah, blah. I I do think (laughs) it's important for people to fully embrace um each other's beliefs thank you guys so much for listening to our free episode with randon if you'd like to listen to the full episode and unlock all of our full episodes you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash i need god at the five dollar tier um, which is the god lover tier you'll unlock all of the episodes you'll get into our discord And in our Discord, we have a Patreon-only astrology section where I can answer any of your astrology questions. We also have other members who are pretty well-versed in astrology as well, with an astrology general chat and everything like that. Definitely check it out. If you don't want to pay $5 a month, you can just pay $3 a month to unlock half of the episodes and still get into the Discord. Um, Either way, you're supporting this project, which I really appreciate. Um, if you don't know anything about what this is, you should check out our Instagram at I Need God in Every Moment of My Life. And you can check out Randon's Instagram at Good Horoscope. If you pledge at our $9 tier, our angel tier, you really help support me producing more episodes and making um, the content on a regular basis. And I appreciate everyone who's joined at the angel tier. At the end of every episode, we're going to say a prayer for our angels. So if you will... You can just close your eyes and pray with me for Allison White, Carson Reeves, Colin G, Gavin, HGSH, Jenna, Sarah, Kylie Gurley, Rachel Nunley, Tori Folk, and Tyler Hill. Lord, hear our prayer. But tell me.